This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We got to get you a Caps power play before we get out of here tonight. They are playing the Penguins at home at Capital One Arena. Puck drop in just an hour and five minutes. Our power play comes your way before we end the show. A little over 20 minutes from right now on Grant and Danny. Taking you up to 6.30 tonight on your flagship home for the Caps. 106.7 The Fan. Right now on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app. Visit BetQL.com. Our guy Ryan Wilson covers the NFL and the NFL Draft or CBS Sports. Always love having him on the show. Ryan, we are ready for championship weekend just a few days away you only get to watch one of these two games. Which are you choosing? Oh, it's Bengals-Chiefs, and it, it may not even be close. I am sort of curious about the, the Brock Purdy effect and if it keeps going. But uh, just the way that Joe Burrow carries himself, I, I think has everyone, uh, perhaps not in Kansas City, believing in whatever words leave his mouth because he typically tends to back it up once he gets on the field. I mean, they won three straight in, what, 12 and a half months against the Chiefs, all by three points, so clearly close games. But in all those games, uh, they were underdogs. The, the line keeps moving back and forth this week, which is, which is curious and telling, perhaps something to do with Patrick Mahomes' ankle, of course. But I, I think the bigger picture for me is that right now, the Bengals are playing better football somehow, and it's on both sides of the ball. And I think that's sort of what's lost in the conversations, how well that defense has played, in addition to how high-powered high that offense has been. And this is probably one of the few teams, perhaps maybe other than Buffalo, when Josh Allen isn't battling what is probably an elbow injury, that can go into Kansas City with zero fear and have a legit chance of winning. What's the most fun Super Bowl matchup? Um, is, is it Bengals-San Fran? Just to throw it back to those 80s matchups where the Bengals never could get over the hump and, and it's the old Joe Walsh, DeForest Gregg days. Uh, I, I think perhaps that's it. I, I mean, Chiefs-Eagles would be fun, but there's no real history there. Um, and I think the matchup... In terms of Kyle Shanahan play calling and down with all the things he'd be able to do, even with Brock Purdy going up against this sort of Johnny Come Lately juggernaut in the Bengals, I was just talking to someone the other day. Uh, the the Senior Bowl typically used to be that the coaches of the worst teams coached them a few years ago, and a few years ago it was Matt Patricia's Lions and Zach Taylor's Bengals, two organizations that uh, the, the the Detroit's coming back, but only because they got rid of Matt Patricia. And I think it's just telling how quickly. Uh, the Bengals have been able to turn things around. But but I, I'm going to go Bengals 49ers uh, just for, for old school sake. What do you expect Patrick Mahomes to be able to do on Sunday with that high ankle sprain, and how affected do you anticipate him being? You know, it's funny, Grant. I, I think he's going to be okay. I, I mean, he said that his ankle feels better than he thought it might. Maybe that's just him saying what he thinks he, the media needs to hear. But 2019, week one against the Jaguars, he twisted his ankle. and He said that one was worse. He didn't leave that game, and he played the two subsequent games. They both won, and he threw for 400 yards each game. And I think probably we see a little bit of, of that guy, the, the same old gunslinger, just not as mobile 
And the, the caveat to that is that we saw consistently the Bengals get after it last week with Josh Allen with four rushers. And now the Chiefs offensive line is better than the, the Bills. Um, but Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be as mobile as he usually is. So I think that could be sort of the mitigating factor to Patrick Mahomes being 85% and still typically being good enough for the Chiefs to win and, and being 85% and going up against the Bengals team that appears to be hitting on all cylinders on both sides of the football. Follow our guest at Ryan Wilson CBS on the old Twitterverse here on GND. Um, Ryan, cliched sports talk kind of question coming here, but for Kansas City purposes, obviously Mahomes, his health is is what the story is going to be before, during, and then after. Non-Mahomes division, who's the most important player for Kansas City? Man, is it crazy to say Isaiah Pacheco, given how he sort of evolved in that backfield? And, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, is not even an afterthought at this point. Uh, we all talk about that Jerick McKinnon block, which is incredibly important in that passing situation last weekend. But Pacheco has stepped up in such a way as a seventh-round rookie atypically does not that he's wearing Tyreek's number 10, and you don't even double-take. You're like, oh, that might be Tyreek. Oh, no, it's Pacheco. But he, he does a lot of those same things in yeah. terms of, of being explosive. I, I'm going to mention him. I mean, Travis Kelsey's the obvious answer. For some reason, the Jaguars refused to cover him last week. I think the Bengals will have another plan. So if they shut down Travis Kelsey, I'll go with Pacheco, and I'll put Kadarius Toney in there as sort of a wild card, uh, a guy who's insanely athletic, didn't work out with the Giants, has flashed that athleticism and playmaking ability in Kansas City at parts this, at, at times this season, but we haven't seen it consistently. Maybe this is the game where he and Pacheco sort of pick up any slack that Travis Kelsey is unable to provide because the Bengals shut him down. Ryan Wilson with us here on Grant and Danny. This is probably the best defense San Francisco's faced with Brock Purdy at the controls. 70 sacks this year for the Eagles, and they had no problems getting to Daniel Jones this past week, beating Evan Neal like a drum among some of the other options up front in front of him. What do you think we see out of Purdy and San Francisco's offense a week after? He was just kind of there as a passenger against the Cowboys, but it didn't really hurt them too badly. Right, and he wasn't great, but he was somehow better than Dak. He didn't turn the ball over, which Dak struggled struggled with doing once again. And I think the important thing there, you mentioned those sacks, Grant, and, and obviously they get after it. Philadelphia does with that front seven. And I think if you look at the advanced metrics, uh, they're first against the pass, but they're 21st against the run. So that leads me to believe that Kyle Shanahan, you'll believe this, is probably a little smarter than I am. He'll understand that he'll need to lean on Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel in the backfield. Elijah Mitchell's healthy now. And get those guys involved, and then of course, you know, you don't have to be a, history, uh, a genius to know this. Play action off of that, and to make things easier for Brock Purdy throwing to, to all those weapons that they have. So I want to see how that sorts itself out early on, because the Eagles probably understand that the, the 49ers can try to run the ball. So if they can stop the run and then get after Purdy, that's I think where things get dicey for San Francisco. If they can't keep the running game going early, and then have to rely on Purdy to, to get them uh, deep into to the red zone to score some points. Uh, that could be in the Eagles' favor, especially if Jalen Hurts continues to play like Jalen Hurts has played, and that offense continues to be as high-powered as it has been on the other side. Ryan, I'm especially terrible at picking games generally, and now that you've got four really good teams going at it, you know you could just multiply that times all the numbers, and you still probably wouldn't get to how bad I am at it. But if I was to design a team that could take down Philadelphia, because Philadelphia's excellent. We all, we're all kind of aware of it. We were reminded of how good they were last week, as you touched on. It would pretty much be what San Francisco is, right? I mean, the games that they dropped, think middle of the season, what Washington did to them, granted they turned it over a bunch of times, but that's the recipe, right? You can bully them. You can push them around a little bit and and, and don't get into a throwing contest with them. So I like San Francisco matchup purposes here. Just expound on that. Give me your thoughts. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think it goes back to, to leaning on Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. If they hit off some, some early runs early, that's going to open things up and, and make things easier for Purdue. The thing my reservation is, okay, the, the moment has yet to be too big for Brock Purdy. He's 6-0 and in the starts that he's made. He went to 2017, by the way, when the team traded for Jimmy G. He finished that season 5-0, and everyone was like, oh, my God, the Savior's here. And it turns out it might have as much to do with the system as the quarterback. And I think if Purdy continues just to, to do the things he's asked as a game manager, and I mean that in the best possible sense, they are built to stop the Eagles because we haven't even talked about the, the 49ers defense where they have uh, Nick Bosa, the, who's probably going to be the, the defensive player of the year, and they have a ton of playmakers. Now, their secondary is, is maybe slightly above average, not, not otherworldly, but it doesn't matter if the front seven continue to dominate. And, and that front seven obviously includes Fred Warner and, and Trey uh, Greenlaw, who have been dominating at the linebacker position as well. Uh, but again, I, I want to see – we'll see what the health of Jalen Hurts is, but if he is included in that running game, that's a real problem as well, even if the San Francisco 49ers defense is the best defense that we've seen so far this season in the NFL. From Championship Sunday and a San Francisco team that will have a big quarterback decision to make this offseason to the top of the draft board, which is something that Ryan Wilson covers a bunch for CBS Sports as well. Is there any chance the Bears stay put and take a quarterback even with Fields there and then flip him at the draft or after? No, I think that's that's pretty close to zero. I think they're going to try to trade out, which isn't any grand uh, revelation here, and unlike last year, thankfully for them, there'll be teams looking to move up, especially now in light of the news that um, the uh, who hired oh, the Pan- the Panthers hired Frank Reich. So they're at nine, and that could draw a huge ransom should uh, Tepper and Reich and, and the and the front office decide to move up. But I think I can't imagine a situation. I'll put it it maybe like fifteen percent of the Bears end up making that first of all pick, and if they do, it won't be a quarterback. So are, are we? Is there a consensus that that's the right thing to do? I mean, I'm not comparing Justin Fields to what Dwayne Haskins was here or Josh Rosen was in Arizona, but I will say that I have a philosophy now that was based on learned experience. That if you're not sure at quarterback and you're drafting really, really high, you need to take Justin Herbert, not Chase Young. Is is like kind of my philosophy here? And I know Justin Fields has an unbelievable, a highlight reel. But I have major questions about him as a passer. Now, maybe they're way more sure than I am. What's your thought on that? Yeah, and that's actually that's a good strategy in, in general, Grant, and I agree with it. Here's the thing I would come back to, though, um, and we, we've sort of seen this play out in real time, right, with Brock Purdy in San Francisco. If you put Justin Fields in San Francisco, what does that look like? You put Brock Purdy in Chicago, and, you know, he's probably leaving the game on a stretcher every two weeks. And that's where I come back, and that to me says, hey, if I'm the general manager or the owner, I'm like, Let's get this coaching thing sorted out where we put our quarterback in the position to have success because this isn't working. And it took halfway through the season before Luke Getzey figured out how to best use Justin, Her- uh, Justin Fields. Excuse me. But you're right. He, he is not even where C.J. Stroud is as a passer when they were both leaving Ohio State. And C.J. Stroud is probably going to be a top-seven pick. Uh, but I think there's room for growth. And the other thing is it's so, it's so incredibly difficult to get the quarterback position right that I don't know if you want to double down and two years into the Justin Fields experiment when he hasn't had anything around him and take another quarterback. But I take your point, and and, and in general, I I agree with what you're saying. Now that Frank Reich has settled in Carolina, what's the best job of the remaining vacancies? Okay, so, all right, Danny, get around. We have Houston. We have Arizona still open. Yes. What else we got? Houston, Indy, Arizona, Denver. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Right? Um, (laughs) I, I... Jeez, the Denver thing scares me because of Russ Wilson, and that's the only reason, which is insane, but they can't get out of that deal. 
Um, Arizona, you know, they have a new, I think the general, no general manager, no coach. The quarterback situation there is, is problematic because of, of, of Kyler's ACL and his attitude towards Cliff, at least. Andy, the owner, is a real problem. Uh, I'll hesitantly go with Denver uh, under the assumption that they'll bring someone in that can get the best out of Russ, but I don't know if that person is currently on planet Earth. Uh, <laughs> but they have other pieces around him to sort of perhaps mitigate some of the concerns that we saw week in and week out last year. Quarterbacks in this draft class, a couple of guys I'm particularly interested in. I mean, and these aren't necessarily the best ones, obviously, but I am fascinated by Will Levis because he did not have the year at all that everyone thought he was going to have, but there are some tools there in a starter kit to maybe being a really good prospect. And then just based on where Washington is drafting, I don't think they're going to go quarterback, but Anthony Richardson fascinates me with his skill set. Is he going to be there in the middle of the first round, or is he going to climb way up the board? What's the thought on those two guys? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Grant, because uh, I talked to teams and, and they are definitely afraid of Anthony Richardson. Um, primarily because he hasn't played a lot, and that's it. He, he only threw 65 or so passes coming into this season, and he was wildly up and wildly down, depending on when you watched him in 2022, but a lot of tools. and I mean, the things he does takes your breath away, but it's just so much inconsistency. Um, and then I do a podcast with Rick Spielman, the former the Giants general manager, and uh, excuse me, Vikings general manager, and he says basically what these NFL teams say, but then we do a little mock draft on the podcast, and he takes them top ten. So I, I do wonder. <laughs> it only takes one team to, to be to be convinced that they can fix him or make him into what they want him to be. Uh, I like him better than Will Levis. NFL teams don't. NFL teams have this love affair with Will, with Will Levis. It's hard to get over, and every time I talk to teams, this is what they say. 2022, he was injured. The offensive line wasn't very good. His wide receivers were, were freshmen. Uh, and the, his running back was suspended the first four games. You have to watch 2021. So you watch 2021, and there are glimpses of things that you go, oh, okay, I get it. But is he better than Bryce Young? No. Is he better than C.J. Stroud? No. Uh, is he up there more than, than Anthony Richardson? And maybe that's debatable. But the, the top ten talk, the top five talk, has me – curious to say the least in, in the past drafts when i've covered the drafts, i've been talking to guys that i didn't believe who they were this time i'm, I'm holding firm a little less maybe he becomes josh allen i just don't see it but there are teams that legitimately like him and they like him primarily for the reasons you know his size and his arm strength and the things that they had they had glimpsed in 2021 but we rarely saw in 2022 ryan always great to catch up buddy appreciate the time man thank you guys and be well and check out his work ryan wilson's at cbs sports Covers NFL draft as well as anybody, and, and great thoughts on the league for us. CBS's Eye on NFL blog. Our Caps power play still coming your way in just a couple of minutes. Hey, I told you I had some audio I wanted to play, though, Danny. Indeed. So I will admit readily this is better video than audio, which is always a good thing to say on the radio before you play something. But listen to this. But I do think the audio is actually good as well. I would tell you that if you enjoy it, you'll enjoy it way more if you go to my Twitter account and watch the video of the facial expressions that accompany this audio, at Grant H. Paulson, if you want to go check it out. But what we're about to play is, so there is a media member, sounds like a very young person, very young girl, who has a credential to uh, cover this game, and she is asking a question of Russell Westbrook. This is after a Lakers game, and I just found it to be one of the most hilarious videos I've seen on the internet in a while. Basically, she's overly complimentary and like way, 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 way too nice in this long-winded question about, Kind of like almost Chris Farley on the couch with uh, you remember Paul, Paul McCartney? McCartney? Yeah, dude. The, the great Saturday Night Live skit. But Russell Westbrook the entire time is making these faces just like blown away by how nice she is and how great he is at basketball. 
It's really, really fun. Uh, here's how it sounded. Hi, Russell. Um, first of all, congrats on, congrats on making uh, the 24,000 uh, points mark. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, tonight you used impressive dribbling skills to successfully uh, fake out your opponents multiple times. And um, in the second quarter, you made a jump shot where your body was turned like 180 degrees away from the basket. It was just an amazing shot. You're always making these spectacular moves with just within a split second. Um, do you anticipate doing them, or is it just a second nature to you? Like, do you just not even have to think about it? Um, you know, the way you explain it, you need to be around more often. I, I, I... I, you know, I just try to go out and do the best way, the, the best way I can. Uh, try to, you know, find ways to be able to make, uh, make some shots and make the right play. He goes on to just laugh a bunch at, like, the, the next couple of questions. He's so like, next I want to follow up here about Rui and the addition. What does he bring to your club? <laughs> and the guy's just, like, back to doing real, like, uh-huh. his journalism or whatever. But uh, Russell just can't get it together after that. He's, like, laughing and looking at the person who was asking him the question. But um, among my favorite parts... You were able to successfully fake out two of your opponents multiple times. So funny. Just like reminding him of what he did. Like during the game, you did a jump shot where you were approximately 181 degrees from the basket. I noticed this. It was an amazing shot. And then you're always making spectacular moves. I just, what a funny exchange that was. And his whole, his face the whole time is like almost waiting to be pranked in a way. And then he realizes she just, Really nice. It's it's actually really refreshing because right. I mean here's the thing, I, rightfully so. Um, but he's a hard headed basketball player and he's not terribly popular out there right now. Like he's public enemy number one. That's why the Lakers stink. You know what I mean? Like just throwing bricks up at the at the rim and turning it over and doing his crazy Russell Westbrook uh, stat grabbing type stuff. Which is weird because they stunk before he got there. I know. It's so it, it's not totally fair. But he's used to basically questions where it's like, hey, Russell, you're the arch villain at the end of every you know scary movie. What do you say for yourself? So he's used to just getting blasted and every question being awful and being so acrimonious. Funny. And it's just like very innocent, sweet. By the way, he crossed the 24,000-point barrier, which is patently absurd. He's like a couple hundred points behind Allen Iverson. Like still an amazing career at the end of the day, you know? And we just you sort of forget. He's yes. like an all-time triple. He's basically Oscar Robertson at this point. And we just sort of forget about that kind of stuff, right? Just because everything has to be, this, this team isn't winning, and you're not particularly good. You're not yourself. But it, just, it really is. It's just a nice moment. Very, very funny. Time for a Caps power play before we get out of here. They play the Penguins tonight. The Penguins are evil. True evil never dies. It doesn't matter. Somehow they will be here to torment me forever. Sidney Crosby still Sidney Crosby. You've got to deal with Malkin, Gensel. You know the crew. This is a massive one because the Caps have played a couple more games than have the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they're currently tied in the standings, but Pittsburgh's got a pretty tremendous advantage. You absolutely need to win this hockey game. Yeah, they need probably four standings points in their next three games. you got to get to 60, ideally, before the break. Because then you got five games and seven nights as a stretch. Out of the break, you got to deal with the Bruins and the Sharks in a back-to-back. Hurricanes and Panthers at home. Outdoor game in Carolina. And the schedule gets really arduous really fast. they got to stockpile some points here. And it starts tonight at home with a game against a team you were very even with in the yeah, standings. The Penguins haven't been on game. fire either. What do you got on the docket tonight, Daniel? I'm going to watch this Pittsburgh-Washington game with a pit in my stomach. That's my plan. What about you? Uh, I'm going to the oh, aforementioned hello. game. Now, how far away from that glass structure will you be? It's a very good question. How close are you? Can you touch I it? I can't answer that. Can you touch it? I might be slapping it a couple yeah, of times. that's my guy. I might I be see banging you. on that glass every now and then. Tell Kuznetsov to get a goal. 
Penguins, Capitals. You can hear the game right here on the fan in about 40 minutes. For Darius and Ryan, Grant and Danny saying so long if you missed any part of today's show, including Judy Batista. Join us at 3 o'clock, our conversation with Ryan Wilson. Go grab that podcast at thefandc.com. We'll chat with you tomorrow at 2. Thank you for coming. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.